Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi everyone and welcome to the Trek Culture Podcast. I'm of course as always joined by my co-host Tom and this week we are very happy to welcome back Chris as well. A bit of a different tone this week uh, because we are recording just having heard the news that Gary Graham, who of course will be best remembered as Ambassador Saval from Enterprise, has passed away. Um, so we want to spend just a few minutes just discussing this man and his contribution to Star Trek. Um, hello, guys. Welcome welcome to the pod. Hello. I'm back again. It's me. Hooray. Chris, with no nickname. Hooray. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we have definitely, since receiving that legal letter, we, we have decided that, no, no, we will not be not be bringing back that, that nickname again. Good. Um, Good. Sorry, that, so that was that was a bit of a bit of a shock this morning. Um, details I think are still coming out as we are recording this, so um, I think it's best right now uh, that we just discuss kind of his contribution to Star Trek. Um, and you know, I think I first remember him in Voyager, um, which every night I surprise. Do you ever catch yourself where you know someone for one role? And then you forget that you actually were introduced to them in a completely different role altogether. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, so Tannis in Coldfire in Voyager, uh, which is a which is a strange episode. Do you remember it well? Wow, this is why you should have had Ellie on this podcast. Oh, that's actually very <laughs> funny. You know, if we're going to mention yeah. Voyager. You're, you're, you're dead, right? I'd say she'd probably be like, right, here's the, you know, here's the plot from A to B to yeah. C to D, probably on her 10th rewatch. I bet your money she's watched it recently. Yeah. Probably, yeah. No, I know Cold Fire for basically working at um, Czech culture. It gets brought up a lot in, in various videos. So um, I can tell you it's the one when um, Kess is walking around the little garden thing and then she she sees him, and that's all I can tell you. I mean, that's accurate. I mean, that does happen. Um, yeah, it was the sort of it was the it it was Voyager going. No, no, no. We've got this now because 
The female caretaker, uh, who was named Suspiria, and yes, Dario Argento's people do want a word, uh, but the female caretaker was always, at least initially, the, oh no, this premise doesn't work, we need to get back to the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this was the, the sort of the stinger at the end of Caretaker, that there's another caretaker out there that can send them back. So this episode was to go that, no, this is working. You know, there's this idea of them lost in the Delta Quadrant. So let's basically take the female caretaker off the board. So you get a return of the Ocompans, which is, of course, where we get Tannis, uh, Gary Graham's character in this episode. And it's it's a very good, and this sounds awful saying it like this, you don't hear this phrase very often. It's a very good Kess episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because there really aren't a lot of very good Kess episodes because they hadn't a clue what to do with her. But... It showed how she had, you know, so broken away from the idea of, you know, kind of the Ocompans, they're born, they live for five seconds and, you know, then they then they die again. You know, the Tannis was an example of he had outlived the um, the short lifespan of the Ocompa with the help of Suspiria, thus being the temptation for Kess to come with them. Of course, Suspiria is a buddy. Um, and I remember even then being like, that dude's voice, he's... That voice is going to do stuff because it's yeah. such a distinct kind of timber to his to his voice. Um, and of course, which which came back again with Saval. My first exposure to him would have been Alien Nation watching that when I was younger. Um, I, could, I couldn't tell you any of the plot beats from it because this was in the in the early 90s. I probably watched a, a rerun of it. Um yeah, oh. uh, so that's where I remember it from. Just that cut jaw. Yeah, I I know Alienation because um, I edited a video for um, for the comic book channel for Who Culture, and uh, and it was originally a comic book, I think, which then got turned into a TV show, or the other way around. I can't okay. remember, um, but either way, that's how I know it. So that's weird. I I've been watching some Enterprise recently for a upcoming. Trek Culture video that you guys will hopefully see soon. And I was watching at the beginning, the first episode when he first sort of turns up uh, with another actor from Deadwood. I could talk about Deadwood in every episode if I possibly can. Yeah, his voice automatically, you're like, ah, oh, like I love it when people have that like interesting commanding voice. Like it's like there's like a deepness, but like a strange, like I don't know, there's a, there's a, there's a weirdness to it that's like really intriguing. And you just, you believe him as a, Vulcan straight away because of just the way that he sounds when he talks. So I think he's um really good in that and, and a good way to start. I mean, not to go on a tangent, but I was going to say this to you guys because because uh, I've been watching it. Uh, the beginning of Enterprise starts really strangely. Obviously, you've got the 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 behind the uh, backstory stuff with Archer, but th to begin mm. with that Klingon bit in like the cornfield. Like, if you think about every new season or new show of, of uh, Star Trek, how it begins, that's a very bizarre way of, of opening your show. Like, you've got Picard and TNG standing there, and then you've got, you know, Cisco, and then, like, just the beginning of this, like, small section of the main story that's nothing to do with the other characters yet is um, interesting. It is. I think it's the first time... Uh, I hope I don't eat these words. I'm trying to think, yeah, next-gen... DS9 Voyager. I think it's the first time we don't get a main character in the opening sequence. Yeah. Um, yeah, because as, as, yeah, sorry, we get 
obviously opening of next gen. Then we get Wolf 359. And of course, we get sure Chicote and Tuvok and Balan, of course, you know, chasing away from Gullivec. Go on, test the memory there, Sean. Um, but uh, plus, they came out swinging, going to be like, you know, hey, no one will notice if this Cleon has bridges. That's another conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like from from the pilot, there's there's Saval. Someone actually, because tributes are pouring in online, and so someone actually uh, put a really really nice bit up, um, and it and it pays off because Saval and Admiral Maxwell are of course both in Broken Bow uh, or Broken Bow. I'm never certain how to pronounce that if it's Broken Bow or Broken Bow. So the pilot of Enterprise. I'm assuming um, it's Bow. I've only heard people say Bow. Yeah, Broken Bow. And, and then I've heard broken back. I don't. I, uh, broken B, um, the the pilot of Enterprise. Uh, you've got obviously Gary Graham and you've got Vaughn Armstrong there in the beginning. Spoiler, I guess. But flash forward to season four when Admiral Forrest is killed on Vulcan. There is this fabulous scene. And it's 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 a reaction shot that Saval gives when you take now, and it pays off because he's had four seasons of development at this point. But you can see written all over his face this, oh, my friend is dead. Whereas, you know, I mean, for the first two seasons of Enterprise, nearly getting Saval to accept the fact that humans had deserved human rights was difficult, you know. And then you get this payoff after four seasons. And it's a, it's a real it's a real testament to the character growth. But also Gary Graham nails the scene. Um, and it was just like, yeah, it was just a fantastic little memory there of him in that show i think he was at definitely for, for me he was at his best in the uh uh the mirror episodes mirror darkly then uh playing play the mirror of all man like yeah like there's subtle differences between them like you know yeah like, there, like there is plus i mean best difference of all he's got the spock beard that's it. Cool. That's how you know it's mirror. <laughs> I love. I love that yeah. that running gag and that even in Discovery, Sarek has the Spock beard as well. I love it. Uh, just like that's what it is. That's when you know you're the polar opposite. Um, but uh, but yeah, you mentioned sorry. You mentioned Alien Nation, Chris. So I, I have to say I've never seen Alien Nation. So I'm I'm, I'm on my Googling uh, today to uh, to you mm. know see clips and everything from that because it seems like. He is perhaps better remember or better known, sorry, for alienation as opposed to Saval, or as a lot, a lot of the comments are speaking about. Was was he was he a lead? Could you say in alienation? I think I so. He's believe... one of the. There's two leads. There's the alien guy and then the human. I think he's yeah. the human. Yeah. And I'm assuming, you, from my yeah. memory now, there's a film, yeah. and then there's a comic book series, and then there's a TV show, gotcha. and, think... and then it looks like there's a bunch of specials after it. Yeah, and the film had uh, James Carl in it, if I'm remembering right. Oh yeah, or no. I'm but just... good luck trying to find Unless... clips of this show because I struggled. Yeah, while basically, I was the yeah. Video. <laughs> it does not exist in lots of places anymore. I wonder if it's one of those ones where you know who owns the rights. I'll say that now, and it will be like you know, oh, it's Fox. All right, so it's now Disney, I guess. Um, yeah, if it is, on I've Disney, just seen a picture there from Alien Nation, and it's. I'm smiling at just how 90s mm-hmm. it looks. It's 89, 90, and it really, I mean, it's like they designed the 90s on this photo, yeah. um, which is, yep, we love it. Yeah. So I know that, of course, he is someone who never really stepped away 
from Star Trek. He went on to appear in several fan projects as well. Um, he was in Of Gods and Men, and he was in Renegades, which I have seen, but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say if I've seen Renegades. Uh, it's a bit of a funny one like that. Um, and, of course, he was in... Uh, he was certainly in the prelude to Axanar and in there's a scene set on Vulcan as well where he reprises the role. Um, and again, I mean, time goes by and the voice stays exactly the same. So, folks, let us know in the comments below or wherever you're listening to us, let us know what are your favourite Saval or Tannis moments from Star Trek or or even let us know your favourite alienation moments because we'd love to hear your memories of Gary Graham. Our thoughts from everyone here at Trek Culture go out to the family and friends of Gary Graham. Rest in peace. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Now, we recently here on the channel had the chance to sit down with Elias Tufexis, who will be playing Laak. Uh, I'm still not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, if it's Lack or Laak, because there's an apostrophe. Yeah. I'm going to say Laak. I actually think the, the, the A should be capitalized as well. It should be capital L, apostrophe, capital A, and then a small K. I've seen it stylized like that, and I think mm. I've been getting it wrong. Um, it should be a capital A in the middle there, after the apostrophe. And if it is a capital A... That supports my LAAC. Yes. Yeah, okay. I think you are right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, based on that, of course, he is going to be one of the primary antagonists of the final season of Star Trek Discovery. So before anything else, make sure that you go and listen to that interview or watch it if you're watching on YouTube. It is. It was so much fun sitting down with him. And Elias is just a cool cool guy um so definitely make sure that you go and watch or listen to that interview wherever you you're following the podcast on uh jumping from then we're going to do what we do best here which is wild speculation hey. so we yeah. love a bit of wild speculation and we always get it right okay <laughs> we've always been correct every single time so, okay <laughs> when they start the fire we were probably a little bit wrong there okay but like <laughs> 
we, we look. I've got a little clip that says Chris Thompson was right. You know what I mean? Like it, it happens often. So what what you hear in this speculation talk might actually come to fruition. Who knows? That's true. Who knows? And if it does come to fruition, may we just say it's a guess? And if it does happen, we're as shocked as anyone. All right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Would that we had the kind of access that we could drop spoilers? Not that we ever would, because we're not like that. We're, we're, we're actually working on a, a list for discovery predictions at the moment. Mm-hmm. So this might be a nice little thought exercise for that. Um, I mean, it's, your, it's you that's doing it. And we've got like five surefire predictions down. But yeah, I think what's leading this conversation the most is that 800-year ancient mystery. You know, yeah. uh, that that opens a lot of potential who is it you know um 100 and also for those of us who may or may not have used a calculator uh 32nd century minus 800 years is the 24th century <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. oh obviously now i mean it helps that a 24th century era romulan science ship is literally where they seem because i think the official synopsis is that there is something on this romulan vessel so it's um, Either a spoiler or not a spoiler. So is this I'm gonna go with not a spoiler. Is this, is this pre-Nova Romulan vessel? Like, because obviously it, it would be pre-Nova. Yes, it will be. This is the science vessel we saw in episodes like uh, in. Oh, sorry, the episode, the next phase, uh-huh. um, and then painted brown, like we wouldn't notice for the Teresian vessels in Voyager's right. favorite son. Come on, <laughs> fuck anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we we well, know yes. the fact Romulans were up to all sorts. We know they they had a Borgor artifact. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, was was that after the Nova they acquired that, or before the Nova they acquired that? I genuinely don't know the answer because it it seems to be we're have so this is season one of Picard, which is set twenty three ninety nine twenty. So I I will accept failure on this one for the life of me. I cannot remember if they say when they found this artifact. Right. I remember the circumstances that Romulans were assimilated, which caused the artifact to for artifact even. Oh, yeah. Which caused the artifact to shut down, which means it must be pre-Endgame. Right. Okay. So early 2370s. Doesn't mean they found it then, but that would mean when it shut down. But there's also the experimentation with red matter before the supernova as well, led by Spock. Um, And the first episode of Discovery is called Red Directive. Like we've, we've joked it was going to be like the Omega directive for red matter. That was a joke, but people are actually saying that's a, that's a good idea, Chris. <laughs> it's like, um, it could well yeah. be I mean, red matter is so destructive. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, all right, disrupting subspace. So you can't uh, build a warp or get a warp field. Yeah. That's bad. And there should be an Omega directive. Yeah. A black hole is also pretty bad you know yeah. so yeah i can i can well imagine there being a directive um the interior of that ship it, it's obviously romulan the sort of style of romulan ship we've got used to for like strange new worlds and stuff mm-hmm. that, that that sort of look um but obviously this is it's supposed to be 24th century right but it, it yes. looks looks really nice like <laughs> it looks really futuristic for a romulan ship almost like that, that sort of borg look they had in season one of picard which led me to think oh could you know nah, no but no nah, it, it it's definitely a romulan ship that they're fighting mole and laak on uh and then laak throws some sort of detonator that cuts a hole in the bottom of the romulan ship and then berman gets sucked through it and then there's like a little sort of 
a space race where your new man, Romulan captain, I can't remember the geezer's name, comes flying in. Yeah. I, 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 sorry, you've just made me smile so much. You just said Berman. Uh, Berman? Yeah. So Berman gets, <laughs> falls through the hole. I was just like... That, sorry, because I now can only picture Rick Berman just, uh, just <laughs> yeah. falling into that sea. <laughs> I'm sorry, well, I love I, that I... so much. Uh, and it's Captain Rayner is uh, Callum Keith Rennie's. Uh, sorry, because that's my, really, my, my love really of Callum Keith name, Rennie has, been, yeah, has just been years long. So I'm just like, right, mm. it's already burned into my mind who his character is. And, you know, he's playing a Romulan captain and I'm so here for it. Sorry. Yeah. That's, a, that's an Earth name though, isn't it, Rayner? It is. Mm. Yes. Part Ooh. human, maybe. I think it was. It, did, did we establish she was part human? Not that I remember, which isn't a no. I'm calling it now, though. Half human. All right. Okay. All right. right. That's that's another yeah. prediction. I would yeah, make so a yeah, ding sound every time we make a prediction, but I can't be bothered to do that. So just imagine. That. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I like, I, like, right. I like that you're a man who sticks to his principles. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I will not be giving myself more work, even if I think it's a good idea. Is there anything from the interview that we did with Elias that could help us with our predictions? Because obviously he talked a lot about his character and the sort of motivations behind his character. Is there anything we can glean from, from that? One of the things Elias did mention um, is that there were going to be huge callbacks to Star Trek's in terms of the, the storyline of Discovery Season 5. There would be like huge callbacks to other Star Trek. Now, Combining this with the eight hundred, the eight hundred year uh, previous, and is this a mystery before that eight hundred years as well? If it's ancient, this that implies longer than eight hundred years. So this could be something that was an ancient mystery in the twenty fourth century that was then encountered by maybe a crew from the twenty fourth century. That would be great, like the pure speculation at this point. Um, but that opens it up to. Could it be this ancient Tacon Empire, or do, do, do you know? Um, it's really got the uh, the speculation juices flowing. Really, mm. like I, I, there's a couple of TNG episodes I want to go back and watch just in preparation, uh, in case. Like, there's a lot of because I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm trying to think specifically the Romulan connection, right? So, why is it a Romulan ship? What's you know, or or is the Romulan itself a red herring? Star Trek is really annoying for that. But, um, like, or was it a Klingon ship the whole time because the producers at the last minute said, ah, people will recognize the Klingons. Sorry, it's Star Trek 3. Um, but, um, so I'm trying to think, like, you know, what kind of mysteries, what kind of mysteries, like, you know, what might we have seen? Or is it something, you, you know yourself, it's like something that was, you know, oh, it was mentioned in this episode that one time. Like, I look, you, you mentioned the Takan Empire there. Um, I'm trying to think, is it Resurgence they were in recently, isn't it? Or they were mentioned? Yeah, in they, they were in the game Star Trek Resurgence. So this, this is why, like, oh, it, so they're kind of back. The 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 um, the 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 outpost guardian there, he comes back uh, in in the game. Um, it's played by a different person, naturally, but yeah, it, it, it's the same dude that you know was on the planet there. The plot is just like um, like almost like a terrorist faction of the Takan Empire is coming back and he's got to like put them back away, basically. So the Takan Empire is basically an ice from here on out. Do you know what I mean? So it, it could be like brought back at any moment, like you could the Borg mm. for reasons, you know. Um, but another race I'm also looking at uh, is the Progenitors. 
um, from the chase. I would love uh, them to do something with that. You know, like that, yeah, w- yeah. whether there is, it could be, right, so let's say, you know, in the spirit of the 2020s, there is a devastating pathogen that's, you know, ripping throughout the alpha and beta quadrants. Why? Because everyone's got similar base genomes. Um, so, you know, the only way to do it is to find, I'm sure movies have done this, is find like an original that you can then build from that has a cure or something. Um, there you go, Discovery spin-off movie. If if they're not in season five, there's there's a Absolutely. plot for you. Yeah, you can have that one for free. Uh, please don't, please pay me. Um, but something like that. I love that idea because it was such an amazing, I think we've definitely done lists of like the most earth shattering episodes that are just never mentioned again. Yeah. And the fact that they've all got similar, um, you know, they've, they've all got similar, similar. Aspects. I love as well that it's the Romulans in that episode. And it's just like, mm. yeah. okay, but it's clearly the Vulcans. Yeah. Because the Romulans were spin off of the Vulcans, but okay, yeah. that too. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, or if on, on that same uh, thing of the preservers from the original series. Yeah, that'd be grand as well. But there's another big thread that we've had since Picard season two dangling over us. And that was the exit of Wesley Crusher and Corey. And the way that they filmed that, it wasn't just some walk on cameo and gone. It was like they were setting up like an adventure with Wesley and Corey. And the only place that we could think of at the time to put them, what show to put them in if they're not going to have their own show, is to show up in the far future in Discovery, right? Yep. And uh, just just scenes where Corey's looking at the impact of Ad- like the Sung family on history, you know, 800 years of like Sung's like, uh, yeah. Cause it, I don't think it stopped with the plastic people. I think it carried on a lot longer into the future. Once that ban lifted. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think I'd rather see, I'd ra- so the only two options and I I'm, I'm with you. I'd rather see them in discovery mm-hmm. where at this stage, Wesley timeless, we can imagine yeah. Wesley seeing everything, right? And you get Corey going, oh, wow. The like future. you. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of in a way that we didn't really see the Discovery crew. They, they were like, you know, oh, wow, a thousand years in the future. This technology is mad, isn't it? Oh, adventure, we got to go. Mm. It's like, no, you've got programmable matter. Yeah. Like, you've literally got magic air. Like, do something with it is one thing I would like to see them explore more. Now, I'm not saying we devote a whole season to Corey going, what the hell's a warp drive? Um, <laughs> but I'd rather see that than have them arrive in Strange New Worlds. Yeah. When they have to, we've done that. We, with with Boimler and Mariner, we've done the whole people from the future that can't talk about anything. So invert that, flip it around. Plus, of course, what a fantastic way of just, you have this dangling plot thread, and I agree with you, like that, that wasn't a, or it didn't feel like a, we're going to end this storyline. Yeah. No, it feels like it's like we're going to start this storyline. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I don't. I suppose I could arrive in Academy. I guess I, I, I at the moment I, do, I don't see the potential for a full spin-off show on its own there. No. Um, no. But also it would be hey Corey, and as you say about the Adam Song thing, you can get your inevitable data cameo in an episode directed by Jonathan Frakes as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, you, you could yeah. use them as the framework to do an anthology show, jumping around time, like it's bloody sliders or something. <laughs> like, you just go, <laughs> the way we go. Like, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that could be your Doctor Who Star Trek series, <laughs> them hopping through time. 
Yeah. Can I? <laughs> they travel in a replicator that's bigger on the inside. <laughs> can I give a hot take? It might not be a hot take. Yes, yeah, of course you can. I think it would have been much more interesting for Wesley not to become a time-traveling space being. I think having him as set up as this like really smart, you know, child to to then become uh, this time-traveling being is kind of kind of too obvious and on the nose for his character where the more interesting Wesley stuff was exploring his flaws and him trying to interact with other people and him getting things wrong for him just to be like, Oh, he's just, you know, the best person in the world now. See ya. I'm like, you, we could have had so much more good Wesley stuff throughout Star Trek rather than him just going. I don't know. I just think it's a bit mm. of a shame. I actually agree. I think his best stuff is, and here's my hot take season two. Um, seeing a lot like his character Wesley season one is where the the shut up Wesley's come from yeah like that's that you know the the, the Wesley hate which I think is so done to death at this stage but that's season one Wesley and that's the writing season two showed him moving from being the child prodigy to all right here's a bit of responsibility and failing and learning and doing well. I I really like that. And of course, the cameo in Picard, technically, that ignores Star Trek Nemesis because yeah. he sat he sat yeah, there yeah, he's right there. during Troy's wedding. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, and then yes, there's a deleted scene, but you know there is a scene of him speaking where he is joined. I think it's I think it's the Starfleet Corps of Engineers. Um, he was and, he was going on the Titan, was he not? He was going to join. Riker and the Titan. Why, why am I thinking he was going to go on the Titan? I have a feeling you might be right because yeah. otherwise, apart from fan service, why include him? Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, and, and and I like, I actually liked that idea because he had gone off with the Traveller and had come back again. Yeah. Yeah. And that I liked. As you say, this is kind of like, so he came back and said, oh, that sucked. And then went off again. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, cause yeah, Maybe, everything, I came back just in time for the it, it wasn't just I sort of like I, I'm stopping for a little while just to check in with family and friends it wasn't that was it because he was like I didn't, he was a career man again like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you know and, and now you know had gone and lived which of course early Wesley being a child hadn't done long story short the Wesley Corey thread I think is something we could pick up again um, that this could is, be a huge Star Trek callback could it not it could, I mean, to yeah. 1987. That's when we got Wesley, you know. Um, don't hate me for this. What the bloody hell is Girati up to? Yeah. yeah. You know, kind of like, and I know that there's all sorts of things that, yes, there was stories where that was supposed to lead into season three of Picard, that the Queen was sort of using this new collective to basically help keep the, you know, there's all sorts of stories like that and all, all corners of the internet, but none of that made it on screen, which means we have Jurati sitting there with her new collective. Guarded some hole in space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's this hole in space? How, yeah. You know, is that still there a thousand or 800 years in the future? Yeah. Um, did the Romulans send a ship through to go, Hey, is there a planet for us on the other side? Hmm. Um, and if so, is it small enough to fit in this science vessel? Um, but I just, I just 
feels like something that could easily tie in. And then you've got, rather than just the odd name drop, like we got season three and um, when Grey is receiving their um, synthetic body and there's all the references to Jean-Luc Picard and his golem and everything. It's like, great, this is cool. Vote, name cameos, grand. And I'm not all about the cameo, but if you're going to tie something together, do something bigger. Mm-hmm. Like Unification 3, I think, was a much better example of that. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's a massive dangling thing. And I, by the nature of time, I don't see it being addressed in Strange New Worlds, because why would they? Um, mm-hmm. And again, I guess, do you never know what, I suppose you never know what Section 31 is going to do, and we, we've no idea about Starfleet Academy yet. Um, but the reason I say don't hate me is that because I know, as I said that, a collective ripple went through the universe going, oh, are the Borg not done at this stage? <laughs> like, are they I, not I, done? I have a theory about it. It was a gateway um, caused by somebody, a faction during the Temporal Wars, yeah, as a as a means of escape, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they tried to build a Temporal Gate and end up ripping, yeah, well, I don't know what they say. No, because it's trans war. But anyway, yes. Mm. You know, um, God knows there's enough. Temporal Wars is becoming not... like my new lost era in fascination. Like, <laughs> like... Oh, 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 it's got... Like, you should hear the conversations we have about Temporal Wars. Um, yeah. Like, uh, you're, you're getting stuff on the Temporal... If if not from CBS Paramount, you're getting stuff from us on the Temporal yeah. Wars. We Content is on the way. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, because we know a lot now. Um, there's Venkman. Hello. There's Venkman. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we know a lot now since this last, well, since since the return of uh, Star Trek on TV. We've learned a lot about these temporal wars. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely like a fascinating area. Uh, and, it, and if Discovery was to deal in any way with the fallout of that, just a couple of conversations, you know, more sort of um, world filling stuff like Carl did, um, you know, during the Temporal Wars, everyone was trying to use and abuse every means of time travel, mm-hmm. you know, including the 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 um, Guardian of the uh, Forever there, and. What other what other means were used and abused? Did 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 they seek out the Q continuum? Did you know what I mean? Like like all the, all these fascinating directions you could take the temporal wars in, yeah, mm-hmm. and finally reveal who Future Guy is. And then we get our long-awaited return of censored name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, there's there's so many things we 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 have yet to kind of sum up. We have a list coming on our predictions for Discovery season five. Um, they are only that. They are only predictions. So let us know as well what you want to see in season five. You know, there will be Star Trek callbacks. So do you want to see a greatest hits of? Do you want to see something that's alluded to, but something completely in a different direction? Let us know. Um, and yeah, well, let's let's get the conversation going. But let's get rid of some stuff as well. Let's head to Cargo Bay 101. Now, it's been a while since I've explained the rules to this, but, you know, to everyone who's been following along, Cargo Bay 101, very straightforward. Our guest of the week, or as we like to call them, Chris or Ellie, uh, will pick something that goes into Cargo Bay 101. We will then evacuate the Cargo Bay, and if we agree with the guest wanting to blast us out into space, we will depressurize that chamber 
and away it goes. So, Chris, what do you have for us this week? Star Trek games. I agree. Depressurize that. No, okay. Uh, what, what is your reasoning? Um, well, as a video gamer, like, I like my video games, and I'm quite spoiled playing all these, like, amazing AAA games like Cyberpunk and Starfield, and every time I play these games, I'm like, why can't Star Trek do this? There are, there are, you know, games like Resurgence and Star Trek Online um, that, you know, people will say is a good game, but, like, for people like me, and it, it, it's, like, over 10 years old now, there's, there's, it's just, totally overwhelming it it's it's janky it's old it's it's it doesn't look pretty anymore like like i just really want a good star trek game guys i want to you know spend a long period of time exploring this star trek universe you know uh, sinking in hundreds of hours into into a star trek themed game um yeah so that's it I, i just i just want them to pick like a licensee properly like somebody that can really make something awesome that isn't just a quick little star trek into darkness tie-in or you know um that that prodigy game that could have been a lot better you know that what can i say i, I just want a really good star trek game that isn't gimmicks or or, or things like this is there a type of game that you're looking for because obviously the ones that exist that do quite well are more the sort of yeah you know top down well i, ones. I had heard do you that want like a mass effect? Had to, yeah some a mass effect with a star trek skin on it you know that this sort of like sprawling rpg um i'd love to play that sort of game um and i did hear that bethesda at one point did have the star trek license um but that fell through and then eventually that got turned into like the Starfield game. Um, right. But so there's a multiverse somewhere that that Starfield game was a Star Trek game. <laughs> like, um, and that, that would have blown my mind. That would have blown my mind. Um, I just think like it, it's such a rich IP and it, it, it's kind of like a travesty that we haven't got the sort of companies that prop up Star Wars. Um, I know you can say you, you, you things about EA, but, you know, they're really nice looking games and they, they they have the money that I think Star Trek should have behind it. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I I, I just, like, I, I'm sure people will tell me how brilliant Star Trek Online is, but it, I just can't get into it. It, it, it. It's too much of a um a gap between if you're new and the people that have been there since launch, you know, and... Yeah. From from my experiences, they're not necessarily um, tolerable of newbies. Um, you know, they'll just come and wreck you, and that's that. <laughs> like, I I don't feel welcomed when trying to go on Star Trek line, uh, Star Trek Online as a fresh person. Um, it's it's too overwhelming. There's too much stuff at this point. It, you know, where do you start? What what's what's the actual main story here? What what are the expansions like? Yeah, it, it's too too much of a confusing mess. So I think like a restart of Star Trek Online might be able to like get more people a, a bigger f- player base if you, if you were to like reboot it. Maybe I don't know. Um, I, I I just don't. There's not a video game outlet for me, and things like Star Trek Resurgence is just far too short lived. Um, it was great. It was a great episode of Star Trek, but it's not a triple A game. 
I, I think that's 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 all, that's all I want to say on that. Like, I'm, I really, I just want to play a good Star Trek game, guys. And I want you to be able to play a good Star Trek game. <laughs> yeah, so, it is a shame. It's 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 a it's a it's an IP that is so easily um, adaptable for video games and can be if you've got the right team behind it that like both love Star Trek and also are able to make that sort of game. Like it could be, it could be one of those things like, you know, like a Skyrim or, um, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. where people to this day, even though it's like 15 years old, people still play it. Like it it could be one of those types of games where it could go on forever and you could do so much with it. But um, yeah, I know, I, I know what you mean. I grew up having those thoughts where I'm like, why isn't there this one specific thing that I want that that could be easy yeah. and so good, but but they make this instead. I think you're both wrong. Anyway, so we're not going to send anything <laughs> out. Of course, I, I I want the best possible products we can get. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. be honest. Obviously, I'm if not a gamer, I'm a consumer, and I want the best True. for all of us. So absolutely. Star Trek games. Don't grab onto anything because you're getting blown out into space. That is everything for our podcast this week, folks. Thank you very much. Um, Once again, sad news this week about Gary Graham. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so let us know in the comments below. Let us know what you want from Star Trek Discovery Season 5 and let us know if you've gone diving out after terrible Star Trek games. That is that is your right. Uh, we will, of course, see you next week. Look after yourselves until then. Uh, you can follow us at Trek Culture on Twitter and Blue Sky and TikTok. You can follow us at Trek Culture YT on Instagram. I'm at Sean Ferrick. We have the at lovely ed- edit Chris Edit at Tom C. Finn at Tom Roberts Finn. Follow us on everything. Sure, why wouldn't you? Look after yourselves till we talk to you again. Live along and prosper, folks. Thanks. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.